morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul writes, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If you think that you're wise in this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human leaders, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All belong to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Did you watch the Super Bowl last Sunday? One of the highest rated television shows every year. People watching the Super Bowl, some because of the game, others because of the commercials. I watched a little of the game, watched some of the commercials, went back and Googled some of them later as well. One of the commercials starred Tom Cruise as Maverick. In the new Top Gun movie, Top Gun 2, Maverick. If you're not familiar with the Top Gun movies, a much younger Tom Cruise starred in the first Top Gun but back in the mid-1980s. It's part of this genre that Americans love, the individual hero overcoming all odds and obstacles to be the best. And in the movie, Tom Cruise plays a fighter pilot who's trying to be the best the U.S. has to offer. I won't tell you the whole story, but in short, he does become the best. He gets the girl, and he fulfills what he calls his need for speed. Well, they're making another one now in that same genre, but of course, Tom Cruise is not the only one, although he plays these parts a lot some of you are old enough to remember when John Wayne was the man who played the lone hero the guy who could come through in the clutch and save the day if you will some of you would remember the Rambo movies same kind of theme or plot Cruz loves to play these, or at least people love to cast him in these. He's also played the same kind of role in the Mission Impossible franchise in the movies, and more recently, the Reacher movies. But all of these suggest that our main identity is as an individual, and that on our own, we have this experience of overcoming things and becoming our best. We like hero movies in our country. They give us a sense of who we are supposed to be, especially as men. 
So when I was a teenager and a young adult in that mode and reading this kind of passage, I thought it was speaking to me as an individual. And it sounds like that. If you look at verse 16, my translation here says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? It sounds like Paul is speaking to the individual Corinthians. But right at the end of verse 16 in my Bible is a footnote. And when I look down there, it says the Greek word Paul uses for you is actually in the plural form. Therefore, it describes the group at Corinth versus individuals. That changes the meaning some. When Paul says the Spirit of God dwells in you all, that's different. Our southern drawl or accent kind of helps us with this. If we would read the text like, Do you not know that you all are God's temple and God's Spirit dwells in you all? Or somebody who came out after the first service said where they grew up, it was all y'all. The Spirit of God dwells in all of you all when you gather together. As the body of Christ. That's what Paul is saying. He's saying not that you by yourself are the temple of God. But that when you gather as the body of Christ. You all become the holy temple of God. The place where God's spirit dwells or comes alive. It's hard to find. I looked through several different translations looking for one that emphasized this and made it clear. The only one I found was the contemporary English version, the CEV. I put it in the outline. It starts with the word all. All of you surely know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. Together, you are God's holy temple. Now, Jewish history often we refer to the Jewish people as a people of God or the Jews as the people of God that's what Paul's thinking here he's applying that concept of group identity to these followers of Christ that he's gathered together at Corinth and saying you all are a people and you are God's people and when you come together the Spirit of God comes alive as a gathered community paul is saying they are god's temple the place where the spirit of god dwells now it's true that we can have individual experiences with the spirit of god but that's not what paul is saying here he's saying together there's a different kind of experience of god's spirit when we gather he wants them to think as they're fighting and arguing and criticizing each other and breaking into factions, what it means that they're a part of a gathered community, that they're a part of a body who have all committed to be followers of Christ. One of the biblical commentators I read this week talked about this. She wrote it like this. Community is what we're called to build knowing that the Holy Spirit dwells in the people of God. People can have an individual experience of God, but God is not a private God. 
at a time when individualized spirituality is prevalent and churchgoers struggle to fit worship into the other demands of children's sports games, homework, housework, jobs, and family time, some are tempted to stop going to worship altogether. Paul's assertion that God dwells among the community of believers when it gathers together can serve for us as a reminder that worship within the context of a church community is essential for encountering God. I might amend that to say essential for us to encounter the fullness of God or the fullness of God's Spirit. We hear this theological thought in some of our hymnody. I was thinking about the song that's in here, number 558, sometimes considered a children's song, but listen to the words. It says, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. All who follow Jesus all around the world, yes, we're the church together. But then the first verse says, the church is not a building, the church is not a steeple, the church is not a resting place, the church is is a people paul is saying you are part of something bigger than yourselves and when you recognize that and come together you experience the spirit coming alive in your midst i thought it was interesting the hymn just before that one that was 558 557 written a couple of hundred years before the other one i just read it's blessed be the tie that binds. The first verse reads like this. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. That author is saying the Spirit of God dwells above us or there is a spiritual realm around us. And when we come together as a people with Christian love, that same Spirit is manifest with us, that the Spirit dwells with us when we gather. Do you ever think about that? When you're coming to worship, that you're part of manifesting the Spirit of God coming alive, that there's there's something more going on than just you being here as an individual. So often we come to a room like this to worship and we're thinking that we're here alone or we come only as an individual. And Paul is saying, oh no, there's more happening in the spiritual realm when you gather together for worship or study, fellowship for prayer. God's spirit is animated or manifest or comes alive. The analogy Paul uses in the text today is about a building and the foundation being Christ and then building upon it. I thought about this great structure before this beautiful sanctuary and tower and building were here. There would have been a stack of lumber and a stack of limestone and a stack of steel. Unless you already had the vision, no way you would have imagined that those Different parts would come together to create this magnificent structure. It's something much greater than just the sum of its parts. That's what Paul's getting at in the passage today. 
the good news is that we are part of something much greater than ourselves. When we enter into this community, whenever we worship, study, and fellowship here, we are part of the living body of Christ. In fact, later in this same letter to the Corinthians, when Paul gets to what we call chapter 12, he's talking again about what the Spirit is doing and how the Spirit is building up the body I want to read you a few of those verses. He says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there's a variety of activities, but it's the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For just as the body is one And has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Then toward the end of the chapter, now you you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it can you hear paul's point that you're connected that through the spirit of god we are members one of another that even though we don't see it physically in the spiritual realm we are all part of the same body oh we can have an individual experience with god But Paul is saying there's more than just you and God. There's a richer, deeper, more transcendent experience that happens when people gather together. Jesus even refers to the same kind of thing in his teaching. He's talking about building up the body and life together in the spirit. And he says to his disciples, whenever two or more of you are gathered together in my name, I will be there, or I am there. Paul wants these early Christians at Corinth who are fighting with each other and have divided into factions and saying, my group is better than your group, and my teacher is better than your teacher. He wants them to think about, no, you're all a part of the same body. And you should be looking for the experience of the Spirit when you come together rather than all this fighting and fussing. When I was 24 years old, my dad was 56. He got cancer and was dead within the year. It rocked my world. My parents had moved to Tulsa. They were living here. I had moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where I was going to seminary at St. Paul, where the rabbi's teaching now. We had churches where we were living, but we all felt like we wanted to go back to Okmulgee, to the First United Methodist Church there, where he had grown up and I had grown up, and all of our most important faith formation experiences had happened. So we planned the day and went to Okmulgee, None of us had lived there for a few years, but a people from across that community turned out to pay their respects to celebrate his life. 
The preachers led us in reading the scripture and affirming our faith. The organ began to play. We sang some of the great hymns of the faith. And I mostly just cried. I'd been close to my dad. It was such a shock. I was feeling the pain and the weight of the loss. But that community who had come that day sang, affirmed their faith, prayed together, and lifted my family up. I went there maybe as an individual, but something much bigger than me going to my home church happened that day. As we all came together and focused on the promises of Christ and the presence of God, something bigger than all of us was manifest there. I would say the Spirit came alive and dwelt among us and helped us heal and helped us move on into the future. The people in that church who had helped raise me, who had helped form my faith, who had helped me discern a call into ministry, rallied around and raised us up. And it was something so much bigger than me or my mom or our family and our grief happening in the sanctuary that day. Paul says when we come with that attitude, the Spirit comes alive. Paul says, Do you not know that you all are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you together? And then at the very end of the passage, there's one more theological point I don't want us to miss. Right at the end there, he says, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all belong to you all, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Paul is saying, don't focus on me or Apollos or Cephas. We're all a part of the body, and so are you. And the body belongs to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. God's the creator of the universe and the giver of all life. So if you are in Christ, if you are in the body, it's all yours as well because you are part of God's Spirit because you are the holy temple where the Spirit of God dwells. Would adding this concept of your coming to worship as more than an individualized act be a growth experience for you? Would expand your view of how God might be at work in your life? Would it change your mind or your attitude when coming to worship to not only think about what you need today, but to be thinking God might be at work in me or through me on behalf of someone else in the body, that God might be blessing someone else simply because I'm present and God is at work. It's a different way to come to worship than often we do. 
I think it's a way to grow in faith and to grow in Christ, to expand our view, to hear what Paul is saying. I asked last week, and I'll ask again today, what do you need to grow in Christ at this point? Where are you in your journey of faith? How are you nurturing your spiritual life? Do you have a daily devotional time? Do you read scripture? Do you pray? Do you meet with others? Do you set aside time to listen for God, to be speaking to you? Do you believe that God wants to grow you this year? Paul is writing to these Christians about all these kinds of things and encouraging them to turn to God, to let go of their egos and their factions and their doctrines so that God might give them a greater experience of being connected in the body of Christ. May God be with you and with us as we move forward on that journey together. Amen. And thanks be to God.